0: Welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. I'm Fad Thor, and for the next hour, I will be your host and moderator. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Big Mac, Hoss, and The Grinch, as we have a drink, or several, and debate another tasty topic for your listening pleasure. If you like what you hear, please smash that follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. In fact, if you don't like what you hear, do yourself a favor and smash that follow button anyway cuz let's be honest you may not be into this week's topic but who knows what tomorrow brings you might just wake up and realize you suddenly have good taste and as always feel free to drop us a line and let us know what topics you'd like us to debate now as our sound guy cues up the music grab yourself a delicious beverage sit back relax and join us for another spirited debate
1: cuz no, i no. can always that <laughs> The so quantum I mean, physics. Look here, um, look here, Brett Michaels. we're in the end. Uh, we're just exploring my inner demons here. You wouldn't have been quite as polite when you left the internet. No. I mean, if need be, we can start a GoFundMe hey, patiently. This page. is when we
0: lack comparative knowledge, Max.
1: Damn, yeah, dude,
2: three hours later.
3: Others actually want to watch some
2: people play. See reference dude. Rick and Morty.
3: <laughs> I will do my editing, don't you worry. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen. How are we all doing tonight? Doing wow. fantastic, man. Let's see. The energy. Okay, are you doing fantastic? Because we're here. Are you doing fantastic? Because it's football season again. What is it?
1: Just yes, to yes. Okay.
0: Uh, I mean, before- I'm
2: seriously contemplating getting Ric Flair to do a cameo for us for our oh! intro.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but before we get started, there's one thing I did want to say. Because we are 38 days out, I wanted to just say I know we don't have a wide audience right now, but go out and fucking vote. November 3rd's coming. Please, please, please go out and vote. Obviously, at this moment, it's even more important. And so I'm just going to ask anybody that's listening, anybody that we you know, are in their earshot, go out on November 3rd, vote by mail, go in and vote, doesn't matter, but please vote.
3: Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen the statistic by now, but the non-voting candidate would have won the election. If you look at the numbers of who didn't vote versus right. who did vote and who they voted for, the no-show candidate would have won by default based on the number of people who didn't vote, which is freaking
0: sad. Insane. But sad. It
3: yeah. Is. All
2: right. So with that being yet said- Yeah, people still feel like they don't need to vote. I, 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 yeah. Don't...
3: I don't- You know, I, just to pile onto that, you know, I, speaking with Mrs. Grinch, like we heard it as kids, there was the boogeyman story of like, does a vote matter? This might be the first election you can legitimately say, that's what will, that's what will freaking happen if you don't
1: show up. <laughs> right.
3: You think it doesn't matter that's what happened.
1: <laughs> well, but th- th- that could lead us into a whole nother path of you, you, you see everything that, that the current president is doing to, to set himself up to avoid giving up,
0: avoid, avoid giving up the, avoid, avoid
1: giving up the presidency, um, you know, negating the election and the results. So you you do on the flip side, you say, does it matter? I mean, obviously we all know it up does, to but, including. I, but, I, but I can see where people would say, well, you know, if he's just going to, you know, stack the supreme court you know i was gonna say let's and, segue into the, yeah. the topic right
2: i mean that's exactly what he's trying to do right we all yeah, know stack it. the supreme court so that he gets and his you know, vote in his election it he's doesn't sort of gotten two anymore. in like let, let let someone else have a turn you know well
0: my hope is that i know we talk about mail-in balloting we've done it on here before the concern is it that he's pitching is like oh it's it can be easily manipulated and, and whatever. I'm hoping that on November 3rd, so many fucking people show out in person that by the end of the night, whoever the other candidate is so far ahead that mail-in ballots are irrelevant at that point. And I know that negates my mail-in vote. I'm okay with that. If if the other candidate is so fucking far ahead, it doesn't matter. I I agree.
1: That that would be a lovely sentiment. But but unfortunately, when was the last time that happened? That one candidate was so far ahead. Yeah, but when's the
0: last yeah. time we were looking at a situation like we're currently looking at I mean again no, I agree. about twenty twenty and how fucked up twenty twenty is, but I mean this is ridiculous. So I think Reagan though, by the way.
1: Was that okay? I well, think Reagan
3: won by like a landslide. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's but time it's for time. that again. Yeah. So um, but <clears throat> so today we're we're gonna jump into today's topic. And again, I know I, I pitched this out earlier this week. Obviously in light of recent events with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I wanted to talk about kind of her legacy, not, uh, you know, we don't need the full scope of everything that she's done, but I really wanted to kind of frame her legacy as it pertains to the Supreme Court, simply because the bulk of what I wanted to talk about today was the next judiciary nomination by our sitting president for the Supreme Court based on her legacy, who he currently has in his hip pocket to nominate, What does that mean for the Supreme Court? What does the Supreme Court look like moving forward? How does that affect her legacy? I know we talked about this, like with Obama in presidents, when he left, what, you know, what's his legacy? What's George W.'s legacy? So for the Supreme Court, what is the legacy that she brought to the table? She has passed. He nominates. It gets pushed through. What does that mean for the Supreme Court moving forward? So I, I, I really wanted to touch on her legacy briefly at the beginning of this touch on a few kind of key cases that she was involved in and her as a jurist, and then kind of move into the ultimate question. Should we be nominating a Supreme court justice 38 days before the election and pushing that through? If they do, what does that mean moving forward? So that's the topic of today. Uh, Justice Grinchberg, let's go with a drink.
1: Okay.
3: A quick bit on the drink is it is a rum based old fashioned Um, and I'll just say there, there are a ton of recipes out there that I'm sure are better than what I am currently drinking. I didn't go get the, they're really unique liqueurs and some of the the stuff that makes like a true high-end cocktail. I just kind of went with rum as the base. That's right. Rum is in the base. You know, what do I have for bitters? Which I happen to have the bitters, this particular recipe called for, you know, and it's got a certain kind of sugar, whatever, simple syrup. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say it's, it's sweeter. And when you're used to bourbon, it is a change. The palate is definitely different. And it is a little weird having rum with bitters. I'm on the fence right now. I'm still warming
1: up to it, though. Uh,
0: Mac, let's move to you. What are you drinking?
1: So I went with a uh, Kentucky Buck, kind of a play on the, uh, the Moscow Mule. It's the, with the bourbon, lemon juice, some simple sugar, bitters, and then ginger beer. First sip was a little overwhelming with the, with the ginger. Um, but it's kind of settled in a little bit. It, it's it's not too bad now.
0: Gotcha. All right, Haas. What about you? What are you drinking?
2: Cranberry smash. It's uh, bourbon, simple syrup, uh, bitters, and cranberry juice. With a concentration on the bourbon and the cranberry. Just a little bit of a of the other two. And I'm doing Maker's 1776. So it's uh, it's quite it's quite nice.
0: Got to ask. Did you use oh. the app? Yeah, buddy. Okay. So you, and was yeah, this yeah. one successful? Was this a, was this a yeah. winner? Yeah.
2: So, I'm going to be candid like I was last week. So, on Friday nights, uh, I've been having some pretty sh- craptastic weeks Would work. On Friday nights, I've been trying to drink ahead of time just to make sure I like Because after two weeks ago, I can't do that again. That was just not enjoyable. I know you guys derived a lot of pleasure out of it, ultimately. We did. We um, did. Oh, yes. You definitely won't behemothly decree on that but yeah so yeah I've, I've been trying it out it's good it's good yeah it's solid
0: okay well that's want to
1: i want to I, I try that buck I, that that's on my list so i'll be trying
2: that probably next week
1: or yeah so, so real quick i want to say I, I did use the uh and i mentioned it earlier oh. the uncle nursed bourbon that oh she left here last time you were you were visiting have you tried it straight is it, is it smooth i have not tried it straight uh i just did a little uh sniff of it and it smells like it'll be pretty good so that's my next okay. uh i used mm-hmm. it in an old-fashioned last night the uh did I the tell you his buck? history? Um, I think you had mentioned it. I did a little bit of uh,
2: reading up on the website. He was one of the main, he was the main distiller. And I think he was the first black distiller for yes, Dan that's Daniels, And he was like super talented distiller who eventually broke out on his own. I think he's got a better product. Everything, everybody tells me it's a better product. It's just obviously not marketed as well, but right. it's really growing and catching up a lot of steam in Tennessee. So yeah. Out of, uh, I think you said Shelbyville, right? Yeah, right. On, Shelbyville. Um, yep. Shelby. Shelbyville. Yeah. What, 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 uh, what rum are you using there? Justice Grinchberg.
3: Uh, it, it's like, what is it? Zaya, Zaya, whatever, nothing. I, I didn't get like the, the higher aged just cause at the time I was going to make the dark and stormies, and the ginger beer so strong anyway that, you know, I didn't get a super flavorful rum. I mean, I, I will say like some of the more high end rums in, in terms of age, I really enjoy it Cause you get some of those really good ones, man. And it's like drinking butterscotch and, Oh, that you sounds know, yummy. You, you know, they're just so, some of the high-end ones are really good, but I would argue it's just like with bourbon. Like the higher up you go, the more you're like, I'm not putting anything else in there.
0: All right. And then I will finish up. I am having uh, a variant of the Moscow Mule, the Mexican Mule or Mexican Burro, uh, I guess.
2: You're such a <laughs> Mexican bourbon.
0: So It's basically the same thing. It's tequila. I'm using Terramana tequila uh, from The Rock. Thank you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. His tequila. Is it good? It actually is pretty good. I was surprised. I mean, uh, I see all the stuff about it. So I'm like, I'm going to order a bottle just to give it a shot. Did one of you have aviation gin like
2: recently? That was you. Uh, and that was it. pretty
0: good too, right? That was good as well. Yeah. So the Terramana tequila, it's actually, really, it's actually really good. I was impressed. So I tried it in this, and it's basically ginger beer, tequila, and lime juice. So I'm not drinking out of the flour base because I wanted to use the traditional mm-hmm. copper cup. That's what I am. I I
3: continue to wonder, does it affect the taste? And my head says, yes. I don't know if scientifically I could back that up.
0: You mean because of the copper?
3: Yes. Uh, Every time I don't, like I have the decision, I'm like, it's got to be in a copper cup. It's just the way it works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You don't think there's a placebo effect there? There
3: probably is. But I believe there's a Supreme Court ruling on it that says (laughs) you you have
0: to. We will get together and we can try it both ways just to see. I mean, put an end to the debate
2: you do a blind taste test right then he, yeah that, that, that will totally do it no this real, shit's real, 10 real this shit's uh, 10 it's not the same <laughs> they're, they're, they're both 10s uh real quick on the rock did you guys see recently that uh, you know he, he he bought a huge like estate right outside of atlanta right he went to leave to go to the airport or go to some function and his electronic gate wouldn't open and he's normally you can reset those things when the power goes out or whatever and he tore it off. motherfucker ripped the, the metal brick. freaking gates out of the brick
0: and left it on the driveway. So spotlight. he could,
2: so he could go to work.
0: Yep.
1: I was like, "What?" Yeah, I'm just not that committed to work.
0: I mean, I yeah, drank I a tequila. <laughs> I drank his tequila and I ripped a paper towel off a paper towel roll. So I mean, does yeah. that
1: count? I, I mean, felt, yeah, like I, and egg. you still made it to the call. I, I mean, I figured that way. <laughs> it it would have worn you today. Of course, I knew I'd people like, were waiting. Oh shit!
3: I gotta pay for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like when I you throw a controller game. after you play a yeah. video game. Right. You're like, "Oh shit, I know that." We back a backup controller. Yeah. All right, so let's
0: let's go ahead and jump into this. I believe it was September 18th. We had the passing of the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Rest in after yes, after a number of years sitting on the Supreme Court. I, of course, you know, you passed on the the movie. I believe it was on the basis of sex. I did not get around to watching that, unfortunately kind of did my due the, diligence. The
2: better thing to see was the actual RBG uh, documentary that, that was I done. Did that was amazing.
0: And it was interesting to look at all of the things that she had been involved in from her time in the 70s, arguing cases before the Supreme Court to her time sitting on the Supreme Court and the impact that she made there. And I looked up a few cases in terms of rulings that she had been a part of while she was on the Supreme Court. And I came up with five for me that I thought were key cases that she had been a part of. Cases that dealt with women's rights, cases that dealt with disability rights, cases that dealt with gender pay discrimination, same sex marriage rights, abortion rights, and we can go down the list. Was she in the majority on all of those? No, she of course was referred to as the great dissenter because oftentimes her dissenting opinion was just as powerful as the majority opinion in the cases that she was hearing. I think as only one of four women that have ever sat on the Supreme Court Since its inception in 1789, she had an incredibly powerful impact in what she did by being placed on that court in the time that she was there. And so I definitely wanted to bring that kind of to the forefront, as we mentioned in the opening, because we would ultimately be discussing another more focused topic. You know, I know we've got somebody that has been in the law profession for over 20 years. I'm curious how you weigh in on Justice Ginsburg and her legacy. Obviously, everybody else is more than welcome to, you know, voice their opinion. So the floor is open.
2: I mean, she's an impressive human being first and foremost, right? You you can say what you want to say about her being a Supreme Court justice. You can say what you want to say about her being a lawyer. You can say what you want to say about her being a woman. She was just an amazing human being, right? If you look at the history of who she was as a person. I think it's impressive that she was just a quiet storm, right? She was a small statured individual, very well-reserved, really was not very gregarious or outgoing, but just very smart. But what was what I, what I think was even more impressive about her, she was extremely hardworking, right? Like all you hear about is how she worked hard constantly, right. even through battling with cancer, not once, but twice, even helping her husband battle cancer, not once, but twice. I mean, she just, she was a hound dog she was a bloodhound like she just she was very passionate and very dedicated individual about what she felt was important and the things that she felt were important Well, quite frankly, I think historically we can say we're important, right? Women's rights were important. Uh, People with disability, their rights were important. Equal pay was important. I mean, the the things that she fought for were important things that needed to be addressed and they should have been addressed well before they were. Uh, And and shame on us that they weren't addressed prior to to her, you know, taking them on. Just an amazing individual. I would have loved to have met her and picked her brain and just had lunch with her and talked to her. I'm a big fan. And
3: rightfully yeah. so. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to pile on a little bit of just saying, you know, based on her early life of, you know, sister passes when she's young, mother passes before she finishes high school, I think the day before graduation, you know, goes to Harvard as one of nine women in a class of 500. And it's constantly asked, why are you taking the place of a man? Later transfers. And I know there's some reasons behind that, but transfers, what, to Columbia Law, I think it was, where she you know, jointly graduated at the top of her class. And then, of course, the health issues her husband went through at the time where she was helping with the homework, keeping them both on track. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, Posse said it well. I can't say it any better. I just think there's other a- aspects of what she had to overcome. And then overcoming all that and then still struggling to get a damn job, which is, which is insane. You know, having to have, like, the dean of the Harvard Law School, you know, weigh in and others at that level for a judge to take her on as a clerk, you know, like stuff like that, where you're just like, Holy cow. What? I mean, To see how wickedly smart she is now and what she became and to think in that moment, she was just, you know, humble and just kept at it and good on her for it. Yeah. I watched. Oh, sorry. Go ahead,
0: brother.
1: No, no. I was going to say, I think for me, I, I, you know, I agree with everything you guys have said, but I think, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about a Supreme court justice, right? Not, you know, a star athlete, nothing like that. But had a cult following, just, just like rock somebody star. like that, like a rock movie star. star. Yeah, exactly. Like right. a rock star. And, you know, the, the kind of person it takes to generate that just shows what kind of an amazing person she was. You know, Hoss, you mentioned the, the, the work ethic she had to put herself, you know, front and center in, in a lot of those cases. Um, and, and argue them and win them. So I think that, you know, that, that to me was the thing that stood out is that, you know, she did have that cult following as a, as a Supreme Court justice. It's just kind of crazy to me.
2: It makes me happy because, you know, in a time and age where we have so many false idols and, and shitty-ass heroes, um, and I realize, you know, for, for a white dude to feel this way, it's impressive to me when someone who is this small statured, Jewish woman from Brooklyn, New York can have people idolizing her over all sorts of, uh, landscapes, right? I, I, it just, it's impressive to me what I, I can't, I, I struggled thinking about it this week of anybody else who's impressed me as much as she has in our lifetime based on where she started, where she ended up and all the ground that she covered in between. Well, with,
1: quite frankly, she did it quietly, right? I mean, absolutely. You with know, you didn't and hear about, yeah. You know, you didn't hear about her on a regular basis. You know, this is probably the most that people have ever talked about her, it, it, you know, is unfortunately after she passed.
0: Well, I mean, let's, let's compare her to other people. I mean, you can compare her down the line to music artists like the Michael Jacksons and so forth. You can compare it to the LeBron James, the Michael Jordans. At the end of the day, whatever they did, did that move the needle? That, that, that's the point from a you can't compare position the way someone like rbg has done like you said quietly from the bench and what she's been a part of the impact of someone like an rbg is going to be felt hopefully for generations or they it's were not just as going to be feel
2: for generations it's the quality of how it's going to be felt right, right like right. we've we've got all of us have daughters and i think it's important that this is someone we can point to and show our daughters and say hey you want an example of of, of excellence of what we should all strive to be not just you because you're female and she's a female but we should what we should all strive to be this is it right here you need no further evidence go out and do your best to emulate yeah. and, and and to expand upon the, the the trails that she blazed for the rest of us
3: i wholeheartedly agree and, yes. and i will say you know Haas, you touched on it or when you mentioned this topic was a requested topic i was trying to think of you know kind of how to fill the time and we may find we completely fill the time easy with someone you know like the notorious rbg but i was trying to think of others that i might put on that similar pedestal you know and 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 i'll be honest i didn't give it a whole lot of thought i didn't research but you know i think of like the george c marshalls you know like some of those icons of our time and a lot of them tend to be military or, or even like a martin luther king you know like either civil rights icons or military leader icons or either
2: good Marshall came to mind for me. Yeah. The
3: fireside chat, getting through the war, you know, like there are people that you could put up. I, I would argue, you know, there's probably some of them that do have other sides of their personality. We may never know. Never met her. I feel like with her, what you see is what you get. She's consistent, pure, like I said, boys grace, all the things that you want to champion is just a good human being and a great American. Yeah.
1: And I think somebody hit on it a minute ago. I mean, it, you know, she did a lot of stuff for, for women's rights, disabilities, all that stuff it is, is for semi-privileged white guys. It's kind of like, what, how does that affect you? But, but she you hit it on the head, right? We all have daughters. So, you know, for us, I think we can easily look at it and say, you know, she has made the world a better place for and, them. And that's it, right? We all want a better world. We all want a better U S and that's exactly what
2: she championed for. Exactly. for all the right reasons, with no politics in there whatsoever, except for a couple situations where she like called out Donald Trump before the presidency or whatever, but then, and then went on later and kind of took a few jabs at him, which I thought was hilarious and absolutely appropriate, even though maybe not so much from a professional standpoint. But you're right, I mean, that's why, isn't it? Because don't, we all want a better US, we all want a better world, and that's what she championed for. And, and like you said, Grant, she all- did it gracefully.
0: Well, and again, she was not, if we go back to the RBG documentary, and you talk about women's rights, abortion rights, obviously championing that. In RBG, they even mentioned in 1975, she argued before the Supreme Court, Weinberger versus Weisenfeld, where a father's wife dies in childbirth and he does not have access to money to help him raise the child like a woman would have. Fucking They're-
2: genius is what it was.
0: That, right. That's it. And,
1: that's exactly what it is because genius. it's, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming at you just from, from a female mm-hmm. side of it. Right. I'm coming at it from everybody should have the equal rights no matter who you are. She right. flipped the
2: fucking script and said, "Okay, yeah. now argue against your own fucking argument." And, and, and that's the, that that's the thing, that. right?
1: She's arguing in front of, you know, an all pretty much an all white, you know, middle-aged Supreme Court. So, how do you convince them, you know, that that women's rights are important? Well, you you spell it you spell it out as a it's not just women's rights. It's everybody's rights. And Everybody. look at this, look at this man that's having problems.
0: It's not just women being discriminated against. It's just right. sex discrimination. Here's a man. That's it.
1: Discriminated yeah. against.
0: And, and yes, I did think that was genius. And was that her positioning herself to say, I'm not just doing it for women's rights. I'm doing it for all rights. Maybe, maybe it was calculated. It was successful, but it demonstrated that she wasn't there just to push her own female agenda she was willing to work with everybody on the basis of right or wrong. That was a situation where he was being treated unfairly. And so she stepped in to help him deal with it. And I thought that was brilliant. It, it's interesting all of you on some at some point have mentioned her work ethic. And we will cycle back to that later on because there is something about her work ethic that I do want to throw out to get everyone's opinion on. But I think we can... Grinch, like you said, we can talk about her legacy probably for an hour, all of the things that she was a part of, all of the things that she did that were beneficial. I think the more important question is, how does her legacy now get...
1: Undone. Right. I think right. It's the word how does it get undone it, now? You know, and you are, hope that it doesn't.
0: Right. But we're sitting now kind of on the precipice of a kind of unprecedented situation. We're 38 days away from an election. She passes on September 18th. Congress has a constitutional right to replace her. The president does uh, outlined in article three of the constitution. They are well within their rights to do so, regardless of whether or not you agree like it or not. What are the implications now moving forward with the way the president is viewing this situation with a balance of power going, okay, I need to seat somebody now.
2: I think it's, I think it's important to step back for a second and and have a quick cliff note understanding of, of, why this is an important topic to discuss because out of the three branches, this is the most long lasting branch, right? These people serve for life. Once they're appointed, they're there. They don't go anywhere until they decide they retire or they die or they do something so
1: freaking heinous and debaucherous that, that, that they're. No, I just want to pause. I want to, cause I want to ask your question. You bring up a great point and it was something that I was thinking about. You, you mentioned that they're appointed for life. You know, I have a question do you think that's a good idea? Or do you think there should be, you know, again, uh, you know, having been in the law, you know, field for a while, do you think there should be term limits on on that? Here's what I'm going to say. I, it's complicated. <laughs> My personal knee-jerk reaction
2: is I'm okay with for life terms. The reason why is because to be a competent legal mind requires a lifetime of devotion, dedication, and tenacity. There's so much information and ideologies and philosophies and in the ethics of everything that you have to be able to just grab onto and wrap your brain around. I mean, if they're replacing people, you know, what, every eight years, every 10 years, I just think it turns into a circus. I think it turns into a fucking shit show to be quite honest.
3: Just, you know, a little bit of research, uh, at the convention is when, you know, they were kind of coming up with the framework, um, Alexander Hamilton in the Federalist papers at the time, number 78, uh, I'm going to skip some of this, but basically said to secure a steady and upright and impartial administration of the laws was his basis for saying why they needed to lack term limits. And the, the Canada, UK and Australia, uh, which obviously have heavy influence on kind of how we shaped our government. You either have to retire at 70 or 75 based on when the law was passed and when you, you came on to the court.
2: I, I I think so long as your mental faculties are still there and you can still do the job, then I'm perfectly fine with it, right? Because here here all right, we've all been at companies where you see knowledge base leave the company and the company immediately suffers, right? If that knowledge base, it, it, you're talking about so much knowledge base at the Supreme Court, hearing some of the most important decisions of our time. If you're cycling through people, the knowledge base just isn't there, and it's a weaker version of
1: itself. Well, well, and the the biggest concern being that you know, if you have a presidency that say gets to replace three justices, clearly (laughs) they're going to replace them with, you know, I don't want to say their picks, but you know, somebody that's going to be you know more like minded, and now that person is on the you know Supreme Court for the rest of their life, that that then shapes the way, uh, you know, future presidents can get things done, potentially.
0: Yeah, there's, there's. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. uh, The other belief is that as you got older, you got wiser. Like Haas said, part of sitting on the Supreme Court, you, you know, what you bring to the table before you're appointed is one thing, but you're also going to be hearing cases as you go and the interpretation of cases that you hear and that reservoir of knowledge, right? It increases. So sitting for life in a lot of ways is beneficial. But this, this is one of the things, again, that we will talk about a little later, but I'm, I'm okay with, with letting them sit for life.
1: You know, I think if you took politics out of it and you just, and and, and they just rendered verdicts and and made decisions based on the law, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. But clearly that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, everybody's going to have their own opinions to some, you know, to some extent. But well, then let me flip Those the script back gonna... on you.
2: you. You make a statement there just based on the law. Shouldn't the highest, some of the most high decision-making be made not just purely on the law? Shouldn't there be some emotion in there? Shouldn't there be some, you know, some pressure from the times and, 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 and what people are saying, thinking, and feeling?
0: No, there should not be pressure. There should be. I think times have to weigh into it. The context of the day, you know, we'll go back to Antonin Scalia, who I'm not a fan of. I don't believe that he was one of our better justices. He was a textualist in terms of his interpretation of the law. He believed that you interpreted the the Constitution simply on what the text actually says. But as we've said in multiple podcasts, the text, meaning in the text, changes with the time. And if you don't account for that, if you are... Right, because haven't we stated
2: before that the Constitution is a living, breathing document, right? Well, I think... Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's
3: really two key points. One is how do you ensure that it's strong enough on its own? And then two is a discussion. Now, they overlap, of course. The second piece is should it evolve with, with society? Now, we know strict constitutionalists don't think it should. I think we all subscribe to the view that it should move forward in time as society changes based on, I mean, I, I'm going to say generically just treating people right and being fair, you know, some of the original fundamentals of the constitution. If only that happened. It, it, I know. And that's really where the crux of the debate comes. Can you, you know, do you why, have why do to we somebody, need a can to, you,
1: to get people to, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say on that. It's just, I really see it as two parts that connect, but they're sort of separate thoughts of, of debate right. in my mind. Whether you say it's life or 18 years, there's probably a low number of years that I'd go, no, there's no way that's enough to remain unaffected. Sure. I mean, I've seen the number 18 thrown out. I'm not entirely sure what the thought process was. I mean, that's three cycles of a senator. Right. You know, at, at most, you know, you're going to get eight years out of a president. That's looking probably at full terms right Yeah, time. that's <laughs> probably a fair amount of time. And then, And and then, you know, if you go back to FDR, when he was going to try to stack the deck with like 15 justices, part of his basis of thought was faculty start to decline, your rate of work can't keep up. Right. I think the Supreme Court averages around 100 cases a
2: year is what I
3: read. You know, give or take. Right. I mean,
2: they get obviously they get more than that, but that's usually about what they can get through. Um, the rest kind of get pushed to the side or pushed back down to the lower courts. Um, I think nine's a great number. I've always thought nine was like the primo number because I think anything more than that, you just it, again, what a circus, what a shit show. You got you know people playing factions and sides. It's a it's a large enough number to where people respect the decisions, and it's a small enough number where they can actually make decisions where it's not just a bunch of craptastic debate amongst themselves. I'm sure plenty of that happens, but as I've understood it uh, from several people I know who have either clerked up there or have actually argued up there, generally speaking, they end up being kind of a tight bunch because they spend a shitload of time together. Right. And they spend a shitload of time together talking about some some pretty hardcore topics. So you know, you develop – a. I mean, how can you not develop a bond in a situation right. like that? Plus, you're part of an extremely small brother slash sisterhood.
3: You know, I'm going to skip the years. It was past. Started at six, went to seven, went to nine, and there was some thought process behind the number of districts that existed, which was supposed to coincide with the number of justices. But that, that changed over the years, but it was like six, seven, nine, ten, down to seven, and back to nine, I think. I, I probably don't have that exactly right, but that you was do. generally – how it went up and
0: down. Yes. And and when they passed the Judiciary Act in 1869, they limited the number of justices to nine because that's how many judiciary circuits there were in the country. And it was basically one justice for each circuit. So that's why in, it is the, Which nine. is
2: not the case today. No, well, the, there
0: are
3: 12 now. And the important point too is there is no number specified in the Constitution. No, there's not. It is which a, is it why is it
2: which again is an amazing feature of the uh, of the Constitution, right? It it allows us to interpret the times and adjust accordingly.
0: And what's also interesting is there's nothing in the Constitution that requires them to have legal background to be a sitting justice.
2: Yeah, but I don't I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna the president to elect or a Congress. <laughs> no, <to pass>. but <laughs> <It> doesn't. <laughs> no, but it's like. But then think... again, I didn't think Donald Trump would be president, right. so who right. fucking knows? But you, I that be? shit would be <laughs> in there. Uh, was,
1: was that education? Education? <laughs> is that your uh, kind of leeway? into Justice Grinchberg there?
0: Yes, I know. mean, I, I think...
1: Starting my campaign I'm putting my uh, resume in You out. got my vote for what that's worth, yeah. which is not I, I got to be honest, yeah, state, you have my vote too. Vote.
2: <laughs> Only uh, uh, one caveat. I, I, would, I would be honored to clerk for you. I'm the one guy
3: at the court that's like, this is some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: just looking for somebody to get me out of a speeding
3: ticket. That's all.
2: <laughs> Y'all hear this bullshit? This yeah. is some shit.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think the interesting part talking about her work ethic, should you set term limits because justices eventually reach a point where they can't competently execute the office for which they're appointed? So if if it is for life,
2: I, I wouldn't say term limits, but I would say there needs to be a clause in there that if they can't, you but, know, pass a, a mental acuity test or
1: you know if they're having just going to say who makes that decision? Person, right. person, that's, person that's, that's lady, kind of TV name. elephant. Uh, <laughs> you could be the president as long as you pass that. That's it. Yeah. Uh,
0: is her work ethic and and her ability to maintain that level of work in that position? I guess the question is: Here she's passed away. Now we have an an incredible idiot who potentially can see a third justice. Irregardless of that, should she have stepped away from the bench five years ago? I was going to bring that
1: up because you know
2: during during Obama's second term, I believe yes. there, was, there was there was quite a few people who were lobbying her to, to step away to retire. Right. To step down right. so that the Obama could appoint somebody. And she vehemently said. "Yeah, oh. She I said, I can still article. execute
0: the job. She's so like, Why I'm still,
2: I? I, I, this is what I've done my right. entire adult life. I'm passionate about it. I'm good at it. I enjoy it. I'm not going anywhere.
0: Grinchberg, yeah. before you say anything, just, I want to go around the room, take a pulse. Haas, should she have stepped away in 2013? And Knowing give, what we,
2: well, I mean, knowing no, no, what we know now. The problem, mm, right?
0: You do know it now, but you didn't hindsight? know it
2: then. I mean, look. Uh, Two bouts of no, cancer. No, I don't, I don't think so because she still heard important cases. She still dissented where it was important. She still brought the left and the right together as much as she could. She still was a powerhouse and a force to be reckoned with. So, no, I don't think she should have stepped
1: down. Okay. Mac, what about you? Should she have stepped away? She has, should not have stepped down at the request of somebody else, no.
0: Okay.
1: I know that was kind of my should... political answer to that, no. right?
0: But and she had looked at the field and said, shit, maybe, maybe this is the right time. I've done a lot. I've got a hell of a legacy. I am the notorious RBG. Maybe now step away at the height of my game and then right. step away. It's that argument we make for but
1: all my, but, but nobody ever does that, is, right? So My machining
2: is is that had she was planning on actually retiring when Hillary Clinton became president. And it backfired right? Because that's not who became president. But that was, my understanding is is there were a lot of rumors that that's what was going to happen.
1: Well, and you wonder then, you know, did she stay on because of who became president?
2: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, exactly.
0: Grinchberg, what about you? Should she have stepped away?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh,
3: Mrs. Grinch and I actually had this discussion while walking the dog this morning. um, And my answer was...
0: Is that what you guys are calling it these days? The the (laughs)
3: cold-hearted strategist at me says... In Sorry. retrospect, yes. <laughs> get it together over there. I'm trying. I, 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 I gotta say, I gotta say <laughs> I that too. is why Holy you get my shit, vote <laughs> because
1: you didn't miss a beat no. in delivering your brief. Hey, right? I am focused on. You the You were material. ready to go. I
3: came prepared. I got no. Yeah, the cold-hearted strategist of me looking back in time says yes. She should have, in the sense of st- getting the court the way you would want it if you're a Democratic strategist now if I was her knowing the shit I dealt with and the crap I put up with to get to where I was, I wholeheartedly agree. I'd be like, fuck you, I'll leave when I'm damn well ready.
0: Right. I'm riding this one all the way to my grave.
3: I I think her quote when somebody finally brought up that, you know, they'd caught on to that like very discreet lunch that president Obama had had with her was she said, we walked away agreeing, both agreeing that I should leave when I think it's done.
1: Your (laughs) Your, Your honor, you bring up a great point there. And I think that's part of the concern is you, you mentioned you know, the Democratic view of stacking the deck. And, and to me, that's not what the Supreme Court should be, right? It shouldn't Agreed. be a stacked political – You bring uh, up a great point, Mac. You
2: know, I had an argument with my father earlier, and he was all pissed because you know, the Supreme Court you – know, all you see is these six, six threes and five four decisions, and that's not what it should be. And I was like, I disagree vehemently um that's no fun it should, that's absolutely what there's we a reason want. it's an odd number we yeah <laughs> and not well we, we want close stuff right because that means that we have people who some people different more opinion. this way some people, some people sit more in the middle you know right. we, we want p- that we don't want these huge decisions on one side or the other because that means we're probably not making the right choices right we're
1: probably that's not a making a fantastic the right point. decisions we, yeah, want, I the understanding,
0: we want the understanding and interpretation to be close enough at that level, that the decisions are close. At that level, you know what we
2: want. We want it to be a spirited debate.
0: Yeah, we can. Yeah.
3: And you and you could make the case that that's what you want from your Congress as well. Is you want a mix of a representation of what com- what makes up America, and then you compromise to move forward. Now they can't, yes, sir. We can only compromise one You know, <laughs> like they've got to render a decision. That. <laughs> but that's where the minority opinion comes in. Right is the opportunity to express a viewpoint, and I think where we are today is it's so all or nothing. I mean, you know, I don't want to go down, go off the rails, but the, I mean, look at the stimulus debate right now. Like, are you kidding me? We're literally watching our economy start to tank again with everyone saying, this is not good. We need money injected or else the holidays is going to be pure shit. Right. And they're freaking leaving town. Like what in the hell are we paying these people for? Right. I just, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That no, That's traffic.
0: OK. I just I mean, again, there are so many avenues we can go down from, you know, presidential to judiciary to congressional. But it's too easy to come off the rails and we end up in a dark hole and nothing ever gets resolved, it, much it, like yeah, in the I, real world.
3: I think we're all we all are in violent agreement with Pos. I mean, the yeah. whole idea is it is a cross section on the bench right. to create the type of discussions you want. If it's so egregious that it's like a nine oh, it probably never made it to the Supreme Court.
1: Right. Right, right. There's certain things which just really obvious. difficult to navigate
3: right. that needs the final decree right. you know, but, but, to solve.
1: But you say that and, and I look at, you know, women's rights, civil rights, to me, those are no brainers. But yet they had to go to the Supreme Court to to get heard and have those issues air quotes resolved.
0: Right.
2: And let's it be honest, that, that's there's probably some, still some women's rights, children's rights, and uh, minority rights that, that probably still need to be resolved. Oh, right? still I mean, I mean right. we're, we're still talking about women's reproductive rights. And it blows my mind, in tw- in it this far into 2020, this far into the 21st century, that it's even still a discussion or a debate on a man telling a woman what to do with her body.
3: I mean, I will say it blows my mind, as I've said repeatedly, that it's – People feel so strongly about it, that's how they shape their entire political position. Right. Like just the economy certainly. could just go off the cliff. We could be at war in twelve yeah. places and people would be like, but what about Roe v. Wade? I'm like, oh my God. You know how many people are dying doing all this? Right. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> oh, so that that brings us to the next point is our sitting president nominating the next candidate for the judiciary, of the Supreme the, Court, the, the highest. Level.
2: Is, the problem I have is every freaking nomination he has, they just get worse. They like, do. I don't love Gorsuch, but I don't hate Gorsuch. Okay, he's Yeah, yeah but when he, when
0: you're yeah. comparing him to this Amy Coney, Barrett, oh my God, dude.
2: She is. I'm gonna say hypothetically, if half of what I'm reading about this woman is true No, they are glad you don't live in the country no (laughs) like she has zero right to be up in the supreme court talking she she needs to be in a closet talking to a therapist about like all the poor life decisions she's made and how she ended up where she uh, ended up but like i'm like but when we talk about
0: background she has three years as a jurist only three years is that enough
1: qualification well according to you earlier she doesn't know right because right that's and I, not you right yeah i mean right. according to you, your your reading of the constitution right. she doesn't need it not your opinion i apologize for that no no i understand uh yeah I, i'm in agreement with you Haas.
0: i, I think... think he only picked her for one reason and you said it at the beginning it, it is to align the bench so that if the the shit storm with the voting doesn't go his way he's hoping he's got that in his back pocket uh six to three and, and hopefully he can manipulate something from a judicial perspective.
1: Which... Well, and I, and I think, just you know, Justice Grinchberg brought it up earlier this week, the hypocrisy of, say, you know, Mitch McConnell, back in Obama's last, you know, term, when, when he was supposed to replace a, a justice, they basically said, no, no, you, you were in an election year, the outgoing president cannot replace it, or should not replace a justice, I'm going to say cannot, because obviously right. he can't. Um, and, you know, hours after RBG passes, he's lobbying to push through the, the replacement in an election year.
0: I, I discussed this with Mac earlier. I know constitutionally they have a right to replace the justice, regardless of whether or not I agree or like it. They have a constitutional right to do it. I believe they're sitting there going we know come November 3rd, we, we potentially lose our power base in Washington, either through the loss of a president, power shift in the House and the Senate. If we don't seat a justice now, we're going to lose that. And it's the only course of action we have to maintain any political control in washington
2: well this actually and brings next. me back full circle to what i was kind of getting at earlier is that the reason why the supreme court and judge judges appoint ships especially at the district court and the supreme court level and in some cases appellate court levels is so important is because of the term it's in and, and the term is the first part right the second part is the fact that even though they aren't technically writing laws or not technically constitutional allowed to write laws from the bench they do it and they've been doing it for decades.
0: Through their interpretation. Um,
2: right. Yes. Exactly. And so that's why it's so important because believe it or not, if you think about think about it this way. Okay, think about what it takes to change the constitution, right? Oh it's 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 damn near impossible to change the right. constitution. But you know what it's not damn near impossible to do? It's damn near not impossible to file a lawsuit based on something you, you you know, an issue you have with the constitution and run that all the way up through the legal flagpole to the Supreme Court and have it heard. That's very possible. In fact, we've been talking about it this entire podcast, right? right. So th- that's why this is such a big deal. And that's why the appointment of judges is such, is such a big deal. They're extremely powerful individuals. And quite frankly, the Supreme Court justices are probably some of the power, most powerful, if not the most powerful individuals in our nation. In the land, right.
0: So real quick on that, Trump's judiciary appointments in his four years, uh, Supreme Court, he's had two, potentially three. Regional Court of Appeals, he's had 53. U.S. Court of Federal Claims, he's had three. Court of International Trade, he's had two. And District Courts, he's had 143. For a grand total- You know, that
2: that last one is disgusting. That last one is disgusting. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. In fact, when he was not, when he won, I was talking with one of the lawyers I worked with at the time and we looked it up. That was the most vacancies in District Court history in the United States ever. And he got to appoint all All of them. Yeah,
3: and I I was just going to add, I think it complements what you're getting at there, Thor, is, you know, when they, in the Constitution, you know, says shall hold their offices during good behavior, no limits otherwise. And there was a discussion of like, what does for life mean? And at the time, you know, there was probably a belief that, you know, average lifespan and so forth was less. So you might end up about 16 years. Now, I think the average is somewhere close to like 35 And based the scary on medical care advances right. in that realm and, you know, diets and so forth. So, yeah, you could conceivably have somebody on the bench for a very long time and only 15 federal judges in U.S. history have been impeached. Only eight were removed. One, some resigned, you know, in the right. course of the event. Which
2: is extremely
3: rare. And only one Supreme Court justice, I think, uh, I think it was under Jefferson. I, it's in my notes here somewhere. There was like one Supreme Court justice. It was challenged, but <laughs> it didn't go anywhere.
0: But look at look at RBG, eighty-seven years old. Coney Barrett is forty-eight. If she lives as long as Ginsburg, you're talking forty she years. She could spend on court. half
2: her life. She could right. spend half her life sitting on the Supreme Court, being a complete and for total
0: more job. than one generation, multiple generations. She will sit there and dictate the law, or Haas, as you said, she will write the law. Effectively,
2: I mean, yeah, it, and that's
0: what's scary as fuck. Agreed. Yeah, I,
2: I've said this. I've said this since from day one when people were bitching about Trump being elected. The truth of the matter is, the only damage he could do was with with uh, you know uh, electing these officials into the uh, uh, judicial branch, right? That's their standing electing, in the world, right? It, it, yeah, exactly, I, I know what you mean. I know. And, and, I mean, yes, of course, our standing in the world is yes, <laughs> it's a joke um, right now, and it's sad, and it makes me you know drink a lot. But being able to elect you know all these judges, and now potentially three, and I did not do the due diligence of this. Do we know what is the what what is the most uh appointments to the Supreme Court any president's had? I've got to believe three is going to be close to the top, if not the top.
3: you know I was thinking about this, and it it face value. you know I was like, I mean at the end of the day, like how much does this affect me? You know, like, does it, does abortion directly affect me?
0: No, you're not going to have kids.
2: No. And so. Mrs.
0: Grinchberg, probably not having any more. That's right. So. You know what?
2: But he has two daughters. Right. That's. Yeah. And and so I was thinking about,
3: uh, I started kind of nosing around on the good old internet of like day to day, what affects you? I don't know anything about the author of this article. So people may rip it apart, but it was like, some of the examples that it was giving was like, think about rulings on. Muslims being able to enter the United States. Can a bakery refuse to give a cake to a same-sex couple? You know, public employee unions and fair share fee or whatever. Like, it's these everyday things that kind of affect you in aggregate. Like, it isn't necessarily like one big swoop and your whole world changes. It's the social fabric that you could feel, you know, changing. I will say Merrick Garland deserved to vote. Agreed. And I do subscribe to the view that if you are in office you were entitled to at least move your candidate forward. Yep. That's consistency. This notion of what Senate Democrat or Republicans dreamed up during the end of Obama's term I thought was complete and utter bullshit. Yep. And to have something uh, you know, Graham going, use my words well, against and you. And the fact
2: they want it both ways now. But yeah, yeah. I, Mer, Mer, and, it, it, and here's the thing. Merrick Garland would have been an amazing, cho- he was an amazing choice. He would have been an amazing Supreme Court justice. I have zero doubt about that. 237
0: days before the end of his office, that happened. Here we are, 38 days before the election here.
1: And Wait, they're go- the end of his office. Well, <laughs> but
0: they're they're going to try to hammer her through in October with less than 40 days before the election. Obama had almost 240 days before the election, and yet, obviously, we saw how that went with Merrick Garland. You're right. Constitutionally, he had a right, just like, fucking I hate saying this, just like Trump does. Constitutionally, he has a right to replace Ginsburg. Obama had the same right. That right was subjugated by the, the right wing of the party saying, no, we're going we're gonna to prevent that from happening, which I think was bullshit. Huh.
1: And and I think, did if he was doing it, you know, and and I don't know why he's doing it. I, not even close to, nor nor do I want to be close to being able to figure out what he's thinking because that would put me in his same mindset, uh, which would scare the hell out of me. But if he's doing it for the right reasons, then I I have less of a problem with it. But I feel like thirty days out, you don't know that you're going to be the president. And you're rushing it through. I feel like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Of course you will. No, Nobody should, you know, there should be no Supreme Court justice. You know, that's just not enough time, certainly with everything else going on, to thoroughly vet somebody to the highest court in the land.
3: I mean, I agree. And I, I'll just say this. I mean, ideologically, all through my life, I identify, identified as a Republican because they played a win. I respect that to a point that it doesn't undermine the nation. Yes. I feel like we've crossed that line. I do wish the Democrats had some more just grit, you know, and I know that's not necessarily the cut of cloth they come from. They're a little more centrist. Let's all get along. Let's make the right decisions. That's where I want to be. But I don't think they have quite learned how to play the game with the vigor that the Republicans are playing. And so – if I were just objective and saying I'm going to throw all my biases aside, they're in power. They have the power now. And as Mitch McConnell you know, says, he who has the gold makes the rules. They're yeah. in power now. Play the long game. Because they don't give a shit at the end of the day. As long as that justice lands on the Supreme Court, they're like, you call me a hypocrite all you want. Don't care.
1: It means nothing. Right. Well, yeah, that, that's it, the thing. Right? They, water they, off they, a duck's back. Right. Well, they and care. they didn't do you know, <laughs> it. As much as I hate to say it, they will have done nothing wrong. They no. have played the game, unfortunately, by the rules. And, and, and to your point, Grinch, they they won because th- I don't want to say they don't care. Obviously, they care, but they don't care what people think about them in order to win. And,
3: and I think by the same token, of humans have a pain threshold. Until the Republican Party's pain threshold is exceeded, and they just start paying for it, the polls they won't change.
1: Well, and it, it I think me that, me that, that that pain happens threshold may be. I think I, they, I, I, wa- I think it was through if they force
3: this
0: on November third, yeah. I bet and,
3: and they're gonna regret some of these right. rules they established for like a fifty one vote gets through the Senate instead right. of two thirds or whatever. You know, you reap what you sow. <clears throat> and as we know, things are cyclical.
0: One thing I do wanna mention though, when we talk about the fact that, you know, there was a sitting woman who passed away that opened up a vacancy on the Supreme Court. The Senate obviously votes to pass the nominee. You have nine Republican women in the Senate. Now it's 53 right now, 53 to 47 in terms of Republican Democrat. Should those nine Republican women stand up and say, hey, just us nine, we have all the control in the Senate. If we choose to vote, either side needs those nine women and just go, you know what? We're in control, motherfuckers. And we're going to make the decision about how this goes down. Like, and that's one of the things that boggles my wife is she's like, why would women let something like this happen when they have the control? I don't
3: know. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 whole, I, I keep using wholeheartedly. I completely agree.
0: Every time you say that we're drinking.
3: That's yep. fantastic um, that you, keep um, using that I wholeheartedly <laughs> and completely agree. God damn. It. And it's just like we talked about with, with the impeachment, the Senate Republicans had all the power that moment and they did nothing with it. And in this moment, I think Lisa Murkowski is the only senator who has said it's no.
0: Not the there was another team. one, the other female.
3: We'll see where she goes. But yeah, you got Susan Collins, you got like yes. Martha McSally, <clears throat> uh, and the rest of those—they're going to—they're going to go where the party goes.
0: So I don't know. Does this? I don't know that this one requires a straw poll. I don't know that this one requires us going around the room. I, do we think this? Yes, she, it does. Okay, we've come, so, we've
2: come this far, so yes, it does. Okay, we, should we should
0: have a conclusion? All right. So then we'll we'll wrap it up like this constitutionally should he replace ruth bader ginsburg in the next 38 days should there the number of justices be altered up or down whichever the case may be and then should there be term limits on federal justices we got that yes all right let's go around the room i'm still going to start with you uh justice haas o'connor if you would lead us off here yes um Um, answer those three questions
2: no, I don't want him to be able to replace uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I am a staunch believer in the the Constitution and the sanctity of it. So, sure, yes, yes, he should. Um, it makes me sad. I hope it doesn't happen, um, but I, I think you know constitutionally that's yeah, it, sh- okay. it should happen.
0: Do um, you believe we should increase the number of justices as needed on the Supreme Court? No. No,
2: now, as I previously said, I mean, look, from an analytic number, uh, numerical standpoint, it makes sense, right? 12 uh, districts uh, for district courts with with their each of the one of those districts having their own appellate court, right? And then that feeds in. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense to go up to 12 and then maybe throw in the 13th. So it's an odd number. So you don't end up with a deadlock, right? However, as I stated before, I think when you start adding in more people to debate, you start to muddy the waters more and you, 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 there's a lot less of seeing the forest through the trees. So I, I I, have felt for a long time that nine is the perfect number and I continue to believe that.
0: Okay. And then finally, should there be term limits or life for a life appointment?
2: I, I'm okay with life appointments with some caveats. Um, I think, you know, a mental acuity is important and that should be tested on a yearly basis, perhaps, okay. or on every other yearly basis. Or if you have some exigent circumstances of health issues, there should, could, could potentially or should potentially be a process, uh, by which, uh, so you, you know, respectfully force someone to retire.
0: Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. We're going to move to you. Justice fudge. <laughs> it's justice justice it's judge 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 fudge. I apologize. It
1: rhymes. Judge
0: Judge Fudge, should he be allowed to seat a judge in the next 38 days?
1: Two takes there. Should he be allowed? Yes. Constitutionally, I agree with Justice Haas. Yeah. The Constitution says he should do it. Should he do it based on the reasoning behind why I think he's doing it? Absolutely not. 30 days is not enough time to vet somebody. Now, do you say you start the process and, and not rush it through? Then I'm okay with that but I do not think they should try and shoehorn somebody in just to take, take control of the Supreme court.
0: Okay. Uh, Question two, should we raise the number of justices as needed or or if it's needed? Sorry.
1: No, I think, you know, again, I'll I'll agree. Nine is a, is a good number. Um, You get too many people in there. You, you start having larger arguments and, and things potentially do not get resolved. And I'm definitely not a fan of raising and lowering the number as we talked about, if you're gonna raise it, you raise it and that's it, but I don't think we need to.
0: Okay, and then finally, should there be term limits?
1: Yes, I, I don't know what that should be. Should it be, you know, you know certainly, you know, it shouldn't be four years, that's not enough time, but does it become a term limit or does it become an age limit? You know, I don't know the answer to that just yet, but but I do think there should be some limits. I don't think it should be for life.
0: Okay, there should be some, some limitations. Some sort of limit, virus. yes. Okay, Chief Justice Grinchquist, I love these names. They're fantastic. Should he seat a justice in the next 38 days?
3: Yeah, I agree with generally what the others have said, which is I subscribe to as a president, he is entitled to offer a candidate to the Senate. What it does from there, you know, is subject to whatever the Senate is doing, reacting to the political whims of the world. And I think that should have been the consistent answer. Nine months was obviously just a stupid stupid hypocritical position that the Senate Republicans took and then the number yeah I, I, I think the number's fine I mean I, it's not that I couldn't be swayed by kind of a logic of of quantity I just don't know that that corresponds with the number of districts in terms of the volume of material they get so I don't know that more adds value to that. I see more as having more staff being bigger you know now they need more buildings and other things so at the end of the day nine's a pretty good number to get a mix that's representative of our, our society. And then, yeah, on term limits, I, I'm certainly willing to entertain some options there, whether that is 18 years, which is significant, and then you cannot be removed by any other means short of whatever the Constitution has spelled out. I'd say probably no less than around that because you do want them to be a very strong independent branch of government. But yeah, I mean, you, you we all want to believe that if a justice felt that they weren't up to the task mentally, they would, they would step aside. I'm not always convinced that that would be the case. Uh, we'll just stick with years for now without getting bogged down into the, well, what if eight other justices go, this person's bad shit crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who
0: makes the determination. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Again, I will agree with everyone in the room. I definitely think that they have a constitutional right to, to replace her. It sucks. If I were in that position, I would do the same thing. I I would want to be in control of the power base and I would, I would also try to replace her. I think that's just natural. They know the writing's on the wall for them come November 3rd, I think. And so it's like, we need to do what we have to do in terms of the number. I'm okay with it going up to 13. I'm okay with the idea. There are 12 regional districts. You appoint a justice for each district, just like in the judiciary act of 1869. You know, there were nine districts at the time, one from each district. And I think you say 12, one from each district, a chief justice who presides over the entire Supreme Court. Yes, more voices potentially causes a problem, but we're only talking four more voices. We're not talking 15 more voices. We're not talking a room of 35 people. I don't think four more voices muddies the waters enough to bog down the judiciary system. So I would be okay with that. I know Mac is concerned. Well, then it becomes a chess game. We're adding people to do one thing. We're removing people to, to accomplish another task. And then it causes a problem. And of course, and that's what we've kind of done historically up until 1869. So Emma, I would be okay with some justification for increasing the number again as a liberal. Yes. I have a notion of why that needs to occur do I think it'll happen? No, I don't think they'll ever pass legislation to increase the number past nine. But if they did, I would be in support of it for that reason. And and when it comes to term limits, no, I think if they're appointed for life, they should be appointed for life. I'm okay with the justification for why they're doing it. Haas, as you said, right at the beginning, you know, there is a lot of material that you cover when you're listening to court cases, you're just building on that knowledge case after case, year after year, You know, that's a deep reservoir of information that, you know, you would just be casting off after 18 years, expecting somebody else to come in. So I'm okay with with life appointments. But like you said, Grinchquist, as long as they understand when you get to a point when you can no longer faithfully execute the office, that you're willing to step aside. Obviously, it requires them to make the decision at the appropriate time. And when they don't and they die when they're when they're in office, then yes somebody else can now seat a new judge. And that's unfortunately the risk we run. So, all right. So I think we go around the room. It, it didn't you know, not as much of a debate as I thought it would be, but still wasn't bad. And at the end of the day, I'm gonna say it again at the end, like I did at the beginning. God damn it, go out and vote. November 3rd is right around the corner, 37 days away, roughly. Uh, please go vote by mail in person. I don't give a shit, wear a mask, wear gloves, whatever you have to do. As we wrap things up here, we invite all of our listeners to join in the debate by hitting up our website at AspiritedDebate.com for all the latest news, drink recipes, and more. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, social media, at AspiritedDebate, or on Twitter at spiriteddebates. As always, please feel free to drop us a line at spiriteddebates at gmail.com. You can send in topics you'd like us to debate, drink recipes you'd like us to try, or just give us some general feedback to help us make the show better. And please please do not forget to smash that follow button. Download our new debates each and every week. Until next time yeah. from all of us here at a spirited debate, we'd like to say. First. Empire. <laughs>
3: Here's
0: gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs>